Welcome to the Kaza Brew Show! What is up, Brother Kaz? I've missed you. We we were so gung-ho. We had a great last show, and then we go silent. You know, this life thing keeps getting in the way, and, uh, you know, but... but fans we're 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 here we you're gonna be pumping yeah i'm telling you it's i mean the life thing is is just nuts i mean obviously a lot of people know thing or know people that have had serious things you know go down so we don't want to make light of that but like i just hear about something crazy relating to life and it and it's not like the, the the bad 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 stuff but it's just like such and such either got covid and then this happened and then that happened or like a lady that I'm close with, she got mugged the other day. <laughs> it's like the bad news machine just keeps coming in and dropping in bad news. And um, but but uh, not, nothing too bad for us over here. We just have so much going on that it's hard to do a show in consecutive weeks. Yes, but yes. we're here. We're here, and I'm actually really excited for this show because. A lot of times there's these big rangy topics or this is kind of like right now topics that hit us in the NBA. And today we got some fun stuff on tap that the shows are afraid to cover. <laughs> Those other shows are afraid to cover. I, I we're, we're talking about teams at the bottom of the league. Nobody does that. You know, yeah, I feel I feel bad for teams at the bottom of the league because they only get, you know, noticed um you know, around the draft, <laughs> you know, or when and they're so, really bad or when they're super bad, when they're in, when there's a possibility that they can break a record for being bad, then, <laughs> then they, when they they're so bad, they show sh- camera shots of Bradley Bill on the sideline looking like he doesn't care at all. Uh, at the same time playing his ass off. <laughs> you know, what's funny. So he got hit hard with this one clip that went around the league where like he went it was kind of like Kevin Love last year when um, he went through like the motions on a half court set and then just chucked the ball at a teammate's leg. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> These are great moments in NBA history where there people players are just so fed up with whatever it is. And man, Bayline did a bad job last year. Um, but yeah. they're so fed up that they like Bradley Beal was like just standing there. And like the teams were running back and forth on the court. It's like he just stood there. But he's played his ass off all year except that one game. So I felt bad for the guy. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned V-Line because I was like, I was, you know, thought he was going to do way better because, I, I, you know, I'm a Michigan fan. I watched him coach for a lot of years. I thought his offensive sets were very diverse. He's been through you know, all sorts of levels. He's kind of got like a Nick Nurse resume of, you know, junior college and all that kind of stuff. You know, definitely a basketball lifer. So I was like, I I thought he was going to do a much better job. But something about those guys who, you know, college, big time college program guys, they just can't, you know, transfer over. And I know you don't follow the NFL too much, but, you know, like the Jaguars hired Urban Meyer and he, for his strength and conditioning, hey, we, huh? we could do a show about that guy. Yeah. So for his strength and conditioning coach, he had he hired a guy that the University of Iowa had to fire because he's made he made racist the racist dude right lead and all that stuff. And it's kind of like, and I was listening to someone talk, 
in the, I think it was Bart Scott. He was like, he's like, well, if he tries to pull that in the NFL, he's going to have to use all those muscles that he's developed over the years because it's going to go down when you're trying to talk to grown men like that. Oh. And I, you know, and it's like, you know, be, you know, Beeline, I just, he, he just like misstep after misstep and just like couldn't get it done. And it was just, I felt I felt bad because he had a good thing going. He built Michigan back up to a, a powerhouse. I, I know this is a basketball show, but did you see the thing with Urban Meyer on the boat? No. Wait, wait was this recent? This was like about, I want to say like two to three months ago. And I think things were just so weird in the United States that this just had like a two-day news cycle. Maybe even a one day. Could have been like in an hour. Who knows? What about he, it? He was on his boat or a boat. And he's doing like a, a Fox News interview. And so he's on the he's on the boat, and it's like this weird kind of close up shot of him. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, like the camera kind of like I think it panned to the left or something. And there's this mm-hmm. naked dude on the boat, and dude? It's just, yeah, it's just it's just it, they're just hanging out, right? And and it, right. it was you know it was just sort of chilling, but it was it was a live interview. And so it was just like one of these things where they were talking and then this happened. And I think they were just like, okay, back to you, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Wait, so they, they, did they like literally like just cut it off right there? I, I, it was like a, ref- maybe it was a reflection in like a glass that was behind him. I don't remember the details, but it was yeah. just, and he, what, what, what Urban was doing was he was looking at his buddy with his eyes saying, get out of here. I'm on live TV. <laughs> I'm telling you, that guy's, you know, with all this stuff that's going on in 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 the politics scene, and there's Tommy Tuberville, who I didn't know at all. Um, yeah, he was a former coach, right? Former coach, elected politician in Alabama, is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. He's course. like at the center of the Trump scandal. I'm th- I'm yeah. sitting here thinking, like, you know, is Urban Meyer going to pop up in this thing once? I've watched him give an impassioned <laughs> speech about like how it's all great. And this was in like April or May that everybody can yeah. get together and get some coronavirus. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, you are looking a little orange urban, you know, like, I, I don't know if you're going to make it, but um, I think he's going to be in the middle of something. Cause Tommy Tuberville is in the middle of something like where they're like going to call him in. He's going to be like the key piece of testimony. <laughs> for. I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm I don't know. So this news on the, about the boat thing. Oh yeah. Part back to the boat thing. <laughs> A part of me makes a part of me that makes me like Urban Meyer now. <laughs> that he's just yeah, because he was letting loose. I, I like honestly, if there was like a like a, a Scarface pile of coke on the table somewhere else, it wouldn't have surprised me. Like cause he looked like he was getting after it. <laughs> and it kind of like begs the question, like, okay, to me, like you know, I'm like to each their own. Do what you want, you know. But it seems to me you're on the boat. Everyone's naked. You 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 start to get dressed because you got this Fox interview coming up. <laughs> Don't you go, hey guys, stay below deck. I'm gonna be on live TV with millions of people watching. I know we're just walking around with our birthday suits and everything hanging out, but just stay down here for you know five ten minutes, and I'll be back down. And then but we're cool. but if you're if you're on the boat, like are are you thinking? <laughs> Like, are you thinking like smartly like that? No, you're on the boat. <laughs> yeah, you're on the boat. And who would can, could you think knowing that? Wouldn't you also, if you're Urban Meyer, go like, I know you guys want to talk to me about something, but I think I should reschedule because I know how these boat trips get. <laughs> well, it was great too because I don't think this was a. I think this was like college ESPN, like 
11.30 news update. It wasn't like yeah. a big show or anything. He could have easily called it off. Anyway, I'm going to move us on because we're not a college football <laughs> Urban Meyer breakdown show. Nor I do we think we've missed our calling in life. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he's going to make it. I think it's going to end well or uh, not end well for, for Urban Meyer. Um, well, I guess, you know, let's pivot into this. I don't even know what this is. Um, you know, we had some fan interaction about foursomes. Yes. Was it also related to Urban Meyer? No, no, but that's a, a natural segue. Um, you know, we, we were talking last week, you know, about we mostly it was about the Nets. And so I got a, um, you know, uh, the great Christina Moore, friend of the show. Um, you know, she she texts me and she's like, hey, you know, I, I really appreciate she said something like I really appreciate the James Harden hate. And then, but also, she gave me a list, and I don't remember why we were talking about fours or groups of four, but we were, I, I distinctly remember us trying to figure out if, you know, kind of something was a word or not that had to do with fours. So she, you know, sent over a list, a pretty hefty list of different, like, four offshoots, you know. You know, we uh, got, are, they, uh, are these terms for foursomes? These are legitimate, not not like a quartet. Yeah, like a quartet. So, so is just, that on the list? It's on, oh yeah, quartets on the list, and so is the. I feel like this one is quartet. There's, you know, the quad, <laughs> quart, there's, there's a there's a quadrant there's a you know. Uh, quadruplet and then there's quadruplets but there's some of these are really you know um obscure you know there's you know uh i'm gonna and and you're the big brain so i'm gonna ask you uh, what is uh a quantum quant uh, well you're not gonna know if i can't even pronounce the damn thing (laughs) what is what is a quince (laughs) yeah what is a quince (laughs) sorry quaternary Quadri- oh, quaternary? Quaternary? I think that's like from math. Quat- no, no, quaternary. Quat- quaternary. Yes, Q-U-A-T. So is that like where you take like four four squats in a row? Uh, possibly. It, that's just about, it's just about being fourth in, um, in the list. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. All right. That also is a... Uh, a time period. There's the quaternary uh, period in this in the Cenozoic era. How much did she, how much did she pay you? She, no, I just I mean this is quite a list. I mean we're only going to talk about so quaternary. Okay, we, we didn't know that one. And so here's another one. A uh, quaternary quater. Good God, God, you just don't you just don't use this sound very often. In the English language, this is an ancient language. Quat, quat, quaternion. The quaternion is—is is this like a time period, or is this a? Uh... No, you 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 alluded to it on the last one. We're all about fan service here at the <laughs> Cos and Brew Show. So this quatern quaternion, this is has to do with math. It's mechanics uh, in the three decimal space. Wow. The third decimal space, yeah. The things you learn on this show. Yep. 
You thought people thought they were gonna come in and learn about basketball today, and what do we got? We got Urban Useless Meyer boat on a two-month-old story about whatever the heck was going on on that boat, and then the quaternary period with quarterstone of a quartet and a quince. God, I love yeah, when quince. she says that in that movie. White man can't jump. What is a quince? It was such a plausible storyline. I completely thought that, you know, the hustling basketball player would get his girlfriend onto Jeopardy because of a three-quarter court hook shot. (laughs) (laughs) You, my friend, are shooting for the Sudan. I got so many quotes from that movie. It's ridiculous. Uh, Hey, did you catch James Harden? Yes, him and Rachel Nichols. He don't look so good, man. Like I, I, I just like beard from a beard management standpoint, and like I think he might be losing the corners of his hair, you know, because because old man oh, time yeah. is coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think he's in between hairstyles. Yeah, this is a big I, problem for, for like my son, you know. Oh, they cut. <laughs> oh my grand, my 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 mother-in-law cut Skyler's hair without notifying Jackie. <gasps> Oh boy! Yeah. Oh boy! And did a somewhat go good job. <laughs> oh boy! So that's kind of what James Harden's hair looks like right now. But um, you know, he got on with uh, Rachel Nichols, and he was this the apology tour, non-apology? I don't know. Like, uh, what was the purpose of this interview? I have no idea. Like, it was yeah, it was so. Fun. James, you you guys are really good at offense, and um. Yeah. Could, could you guys play a lick of defense? Question mark. But we but she did ask him if, if if he felt like he should have done anything differently in Houston, and like the the introspective soul that James Harden is, he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Strip club at in the first, middle of COVID. Yeah. At first, I thought like he was like, because she's like, what did you think about the way it ended? And he was like. Well, I didn't like it. And I thought he was going to be like, thought oh, so. <laughs> I maybe should have done this and that. And he was just like, yeah, you know, the negativity and this and like, that's not who I am and all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he and then he just like kind of just glossed over like like it was almost like he was talking about someone else's situation. You know, he was just kind of like, yeah, and the, the negativity and, you know, and. You know, there's always things could have been different. It's like, yeah, you could have done things different. He you reminds yourself- me, if you ever dealt with somebody that's not graduated from beyond like 14 years old, but they're like 22 or 23 or 25, you know, like young adult that really hasn't yeah. had that moment where they're like, oh, I'm an adult now. Like yeah. they pick the least important threads out of everything to really focus on as they're explaining to you why they didn't get done what they should have gotten done. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Oh, man. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, and he, he referred to himself as James. He did well. do that. I, I thank you for bringing that, that up. That was pretty funny. He was like, yeah, there's always going to be, you know, negativity. People are going to have negative things to say about james i was like i, I started looking around he referred to himself in the, in the third person but used the first name the first name <laughs> he was soft about it 
<laughs> it's like, are you, uh, for a second I was like, is he like, is this like a Sybil situation? Does he have multiple personalities? Like, is, 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 is Which is James fine. If the listeners, if you do have multiple personalities, it's okay. Like, it is okay. Like, but I just, I just was confused if he was going to then refer to someone as Jim or, you know, Jimmy or something. I was just, you know the greats always have just something a little bit off like the michael (laughs) jordan stuff i think why it's so funny and you know well let's tie this in in a second here but like you know like the memes from the the jordan documentary over the summer like i mean there's something about the greats that like they just had they pushed too hard they they didn't address something you know there there's that push that that normal people not normal but (laughs) you know what I mean, don't have. And like Michael Jordan was just a son of a bitch. Like, you know, just like, <laughs> and you can see it as he's like looking at his, all the memes, look at him looking at the computer and stuff. Um, you know, it was interesting. Cause uh, we'll talk about the wolves a good amount as we're trolling the bottom of the NBA. Um, <laughs> the, the KG stuff came up and, uh, you know, just this pivot in the league. We're always talking about it on this show. I, I think we're a good bridge between like today's younger fan that like really doesn't want to hear Charles Barkley say a damn thing anymore. Yeah. And then like I'd say the forty and above set that really appreciated the fact that like players and teams hated each other. Like forty and above is the last people that really probably got like, you know, had like a VHS in their house of the NFL's greatest hits and, <laughs> and enjoyed like some poor sap coming across the middle and just getting beheaded because yeah. there were no rules. There was no rules. He's now <laughs> drinking, you know, now he's, you know, that same guy is, you know, 51 and can't remember his uh, address, but you know, we, we were cheering that, that hit like it was, you know, like seriously, I remember cheering the hits. Like, oh, it, it, couldn't wait, couldn't wait for the next one. Now there'd be like a fifty tweet symposium by by somebody if that occurred, <laughs> talking <laughs> about the decline of Western civilization. Like some of those Ronnie Lott hits, it would literally like today there'd be a headline: Should you know Chargers safety be looked into as uh, for assault? <laughs> you know, for this I don't know how hockey exists anymore. Like, like, just to take it way off into left field. Like, I mean, they still fight, which is great. And they still and they still promote the like. If you turn on like, if you flip by the NHL channel and there's like an NHL commercial, they promote the fighting. Like, it's, it's a part of their brand. You know? Which it's like great. You know, you take your kids and it's like, mommy, daddy, what are they doing? They're fighting it out. <laughs> fighting it out. Don't do that at school. Don't do, uh, that. Don't do that in your hockey game on Saturday. But. Uh, you know, those were the fun days. Um, but so like Ke- Kevin Garnett said, hey, a lot of our players, I don't know how the exact quote in front of you, but like a lot of our players, um, you know, wouldn't have made it. The, the guys that I played with during my day wouldn't have made it in today's NBA. And I tend to, I tend to agree because like, I mean, you watch – old highlights and you just don't see like, you know, to borrow the baseball term, five tool players, you know, like right now in the NBA, everybody can shoot for the most part. Big men can dribble, you know, it's like you go down the list and there's attributes that you just don't see anymore. And it's, you just see this kind of growth in all walks of life when, you know, you just say, all right, what were people doing 
40 years ago or what were they doing 50 years ago and 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 they weren't doing what what you know a three-year-old is doing right now you know whatever we're talking about so like i wonder maybe you you heard the kg quote i i heard i watched it fly by on twitter and it went in one ear out the other but like um what what was his what was his real intent and then what you know I don't know what his intent was. I, I so I'm probably a little bit different on that. I, I think, especially, I thought it was funny coming from him, because you don't usually hear like the great competitors, even as outlandish as it might be. Sometimes they always think that they are ten times better, right, than whoever's coming behind them. So I think it was weird that he took that stance. Then I also took, thought it was weird because he specifically would be awesome today. Like he, him, him specifically. He brought that era in. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he was like one of those bridge guys, seven foot handle the ball. I mean, like when he was really young, I mean, that dude could D up any guard in the league, you know, in situational basketball, he could move his feet. Like you think like, you know, I was watching a little bit of, you know, the, the Mavs and Pelicans last night. And like you know, when Luca was going nuts, and like he had uh, you know, you know, good screen and roll with uh, Porzingis and stuff. Like he might not have had a point against uh-huh. like an in prime KG. Yeah, and 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 if and if Luca had and if Luca had had KG instead of instead of Porzingis oh, right boy. now, like I mean, like, so I just thought it was funny, and I kind of I, I thought it kind of tied to like our last episode a little bit. Where I think there's there's been so much backlash against the the old heads that you know oh the, our generation because because it was a little bit I thought his quote was a little bit over the top, you know like when you watch like if you're watching like 80s basketball or something like yes if you just pluck out a guy and just pluck him into now sure you know they they wouldn't be able to be as effective right because things have evolved that would be effect more effective on a lot of things that actually come to mind now that i think a little bit deeper like shot making like like 80s 80s and 90s players way better shot makers you know especially inside the arc yes um skills of the like the tools of the trade when you see players where the announcers are gushing because they can do so many different things and you know, like they just are really smart. Bas- I feel like they were all smarter basketball players in those eras. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know right. you you get it wrong when you paint with a broad brush all the time, but like it just like because of the the illegal defense rules. Like when they when there was a mismatch, they spotted it and they grabbed it and they isolated like right away. And then they went to it over and over and over again. That's my, my that might be alone my biggest pet peeve in today's NBA is like if you're in a football game and you have the best running back in football and the best offensive line and the other team can't stop the run to save their right. life, you will see an NFL coach call run every play until it's stopped. Well, and not every coach. Well, not, not yeah, not, the, not Urban not, Meyer, not the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but they, yeah. They, it, thanks for reminding me. Um, the um, but like in the NBA, 
you have a matchup that is just perfect, and they might not even find it half the time. They might not even find it, totally. Like, because totally. they just, it's like the first guy's down the court, and he's like, I want to do this. And then he's like, ah, I dribbled it a little bit too much. I'll give it to you. And then and yeah. he's like, ah, I want to do this. And, and it's like, what in the hell are you guys doing? This was the beginning of the Kings game last night before they got smacked around by Orlando minus half their team. Um, so, yeah, I think that, like, you know, there's a lot of talk. This is a topic that will not get figured out in one show. No. Is this, like, bridge to the past and the way the game used to be played and players being friendly before and after tip. Um, well, I, you know, I post-play, think, I, think, I think, goes into this. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the post-play, but and it's one of those things, like, I, f- I feel like, um, you know, you, you say you know, people. There's a cultural do, element. Well, it's, I mean, I, I think, like, you know, you're saying, like, people can do more now. You know, big men can dribble and guys, everyone can shoot. And I think the, the, the thing that is stifling today's game a little bit is, like, just because someone can do something doesn't oh, mean God. that they should do something, you know? And, you know, I see a lot of big men, you know, they get the board and they're dribbling at the court and then they make a terrible pass in a crucial time because, you know, in the first quarter, they took it coast to coast or in the second quarter, they led a four on two and made the right decision. But then in the fourth quarter with five minutes left, they, you know, threw it off some guy's head into the stands because they really shouldn't be doing it. It's okay to do it here and there, but it's not you don't want to make a steady diet of something. I have you know, to watch Hassan Whiteside play basketball. Or actually, not really. I, I, I put in my, my two weeks, cause on, on uh, the Kings. What does that mean? I know. It doesn't, mean, gonna, it doesn't mean much. You're I not going to be watching them anymore? <laughs> no, I can't quite make that commitment because they're just too interesting. Um, but the uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to be critically watching them to me it's like almost like it was not important but like I, I feel like covering the covering a basketball team I feel like you should watch every game and I also feel like if you're going to say something in terms of a basketball opinion you should be able to rewind the film and point to it and have that actually be the thing that occurred and so it's a thing that you know watching a Kings game is like two and a half hours three hours per shot and to do a good job, you can't just like blaze through and like not, you know, not know that what you're you're reporting on is actually correct. So uh, I don't have that time anymore. So I, I told Kings fans that I can't guarantee that I would be watching or covering each game. And to me, I feel like that's just a little bit lower level of coverage. But um, but speaking of which, by virtue of watching all these Kings games, I watch Hassan Whiteside just do some hilarious stuff. He might be the funniest player in the league. Um, because like he will dribble the ball down on the break and then like take a step back three and it will air ball and it will be hilarious. And, and he's, he's sort of, a, he's an isolated incident. Like he kind of, you know, goes the beat of his own drum. But to your point, like there is a lot of in the league, like, yeah, you can do this, but should you be doing this? And I, th- I, I think, but, but the broader discussion of like, what are these old players doing when they're sort of just looking back in time on the great days or the good old days and not assigning, you know, value to like a Donovan Mitchell or whatever Shaq was doing the other day with Donovan Mitchell. I kind of think me and you understood it better than everybody else. 
understood what was going on there. Um, you know, hence the outrage. Like it, it felt like a, a a grandfather of the game. You know, sort of pep you know pep talking his guy by talking trash to him and getting him to say something. You know, sort of speaking to him in a fatherly way almost, with a little less hate. I think a lot of people assign that that was a hater moment by Shaq. But but this, this goes on all the time, and it happens on the flagship show. You know, TNT uh, inside the NBA, and it happens on telecast with. Van Gundy and Mark Jackson and Mike Breen, you know, they're always all talking about kind of the good old days. And I think a lot, I think that conversation plays out everywhere, to be honest. And I think it's done on age lines. I think 40 might be that pivot point. Um, And younger fans hate it, hate talking about the good old days. I, I think they hate this sort of allegiance to, um, you know, the old style of play where players don't talk to each other before games. I think younger fans look at it and say, why can't they be friends? What's the big deal with that? And so there's, yeah. there's, there's something I mean, I, there. Like, I think there's like a big tug of war on like two big factions of how they think the game should be played. And that KG quote just sort of like straddled the line between the two of them. Uh, I don't know. Or did I, I, mean, I just I think, did I just get too weird for us? <laughs> well, I, I, don't, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that some of the stuff, the the whole, I don't, I don't know that the 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 players not liking each other, not hanging out. I don't think that that really has anything to do with. I don't think that's degraded the quality or anything of competition. Um, no practice personally. has certainly helped. Like no this year, of, yeah. To talk about this year, like no practice. You can see that on the court, like because every, everybody's playing every other day, if not more. So, like practices are kind of non-existent. Walkthroughs are probably the practice of this year. Um. Yeah, I. You know, we. The, the practice thing. I. I think that it's. It's hard to put quality basketball out there without practice right now, just because the league is so young, you know, and I think that when you were talking earlier about like the shot making and stuff of earlier times, I mean, those are most of the guys, most rookies were, you know, 21, 22, as opposed to, you know, 18, 19 now. So these guys really need a lot of practice, you know, like desperately need a lot of practice and there's way more turnover. You know, rosters are didn't turn over quite like they do now. You know, with free agency being just free and uh, they also you know, there's, there's need a, an expansion. Of, they need an expansion. Couple expansion teams like really bad. There's a lot of players that aren't playing right now that probably deserve to play in the NBA. You think there's? You think there should be more teams? I do. I do. And it's uh, it, it's I, I. But what I think happens is you get like so like a GM makes a bet on a player. And, you know, these situations, they play out in many different ways. It's not always like a total disaster. Like I pick a player in the first top 15 picks and that player is not good. But, you know, we got to see it through, you know, and there's a lot of those guys in the NBA. So all your rookie, your younger players, your 18, 19, not 18, but like, you know, 19, 20, 21, that age group. There's still those guys will always exist no matter what in the league. And it seems like we've got more of those guys you know, every single, every single year. And so 
those guys get roster spots, <clears throat> but you know, like Shabazz Napier, I don't know if he's hurt or something. You know, just a couple of years ago, we were talking about how how good he's been doing in his progression. He can't sniff a job right now. You know, uh, Frank Mason got picked up in Orlando, and I was sitting there thinking, like, you know, there are a couple point guards in the league that if Orlando doesn't have anybody to play point guard, you know, that they could give a call up to, and it and it seemingly took a while. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I do think there are, are um, enough players in the league. But presuming that they, this is in a normal scenario where people can practice and such, I think those two extra teams could fill out, you know, decent, you know, NBA Ooh. basketball. Really? I, I, I just <laughs> never heard that. I, just, I, I mean, like, <laughs> but I might be a basketholic. I, I, I might, I might just want I, more yeah, basketball. I, I don't, know, I, don't that, know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know that. I don't know that. Well, let's talk about some of these bad teams and let's see how bad that, things really are out there in the NBA. I don't know that a team with Shabazz Napier as the starting point guard is a team I really want to watch in the, in the NBA. You well, know? Let's, let's go right to the, the worst of the worst, the Washington Wizards. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Shabazz, or we could do the, Shabazz Napier is not could, better than Russell Westbrook. Even well, what's funny is Shabazz was on the like, squad. They, they walked away from him. And well, there you go. <laughs> I have a better list, cause you you know you you know I have a better list, and also that I may or may not have woke up right before the show. Uh huh. I told you I wouldn't talk about that, but I just did. Um, but Washington, <clears throat> we're gonna just go. We're gonna hit each of these teams up here real quick. Washington. Um, Scott Brooks might be the first coach that gets let go this year. I think. Um. They have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal on their squad and don't have more than six wins. And this is not Bradley Beal's fault. Like, I mean, obviously they have major roster issues. Uh, They lost their big man, Thomas Bryant, uh, to an ACL. I wasn't that high on Thomas Bryant. I didn't think he was that good as to be this, like, reason that they suck. Um, They got wiped out by covid earlier in the year, but uh, it feels like a total disaster in the sense that they got Russell Westbrook and said, have the team, which is kind of a Scott Brooks move anyway. And so he plays, he doesn't play in back-to-backs. He plays, you know, which aren't all the time now, but, you know, he has, I don't know his total rest games, but I want to say it's like six, maybe, maybe seven. And every time he doesn't play, the, the Wizards are better. Bar none. Um, thoughts on the Washington Wizards? And, um, I mean, is there anything they can do to salvage any aspect of this season? Like, No, it's, it's been a – I mean, they, they should trade Bradley Beal. I mean, that's a step one. But, they, you know, they're a terrible – I mean, you're – if we were a more topical show, we would have done where should Bradley Beal go. So the Washington Wizards. So I mean, they they're just a, they're a horrible organization. I mean, they pay. I mean, this. They, 
they're clearly an organization that also is, you know, in love with, uh, you know, analytics and stuff. I mean, you, you watch this Bertans guy play and all better now because everyone needs a stretch four or a stretch five. But they can't you know, even they get him the ball. Like that sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, like, forget forget about how bad Russell Westbrook is. Like, he sucks. All he all he can do is shoot. I really threes. like Davis Bertans' cause. I, I have him on all my fantasy teams. That's I fantasy fantasy basketball <laughs> is not real basketball. <laughs> it's fantasy. <laughs> they even they even gave it the name fantasy. <laughs> like they didn't say basketball simulation <laughs> league. It's called fantasy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. You were probably wise to have him in your fantasy in league. Fantasy. <laughs> but in reality, he's just a shooter. But they chucked, you know. But he's he's improving in his skills. Yeah, you can find you could find David Bertans cheaper. Is all I'm saying. You can find that cheaper. Okay, uh, all, right. all right. So Washington sucks. Give me a quick, quick couple bars on Detroit. Like, like, give me 15 seconds on Detroit. Well, they're all. I mean, they're they're. How how sad is it to watch Blake Griffin play basketball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, I, we gotta start you. We'll just keep throwing you out there. I mean, like, you talk about a guy like that just never worked on like your big quality. Okay, you're we're this freakish athlete, but you're a big guy, and he decided to go the route of of the league and you know really work on his handle and work on his shooting and this and that. But like. He's got like no knees. He's got a bad back. And it's just this pitiful thing where, you know, he's setting screams and he's got like a, you know, a point backup point guard on him and he's trying to cross him up. And it's just like, what the hell are you doing? But then when you do see him get the ball in the block, you're like, oh yeah, you still have like a terrible hook shot over one shoulder. That's still your post move. After ten years in the league, he's like Westbrook. They they never develop their game the right way, and so when the when the blank hits the fan, it gets bad. And and the yeah. name is so big, and the contract is so big, and you know, it, it just like it's this really big bad. Cleveland's got it with Kevin Love. That guy can't play anymore. You know, like, um, you know what's interesting too is I can't play anymore. He can't. I mean, okay, it's like it's like anybody that can shoot a three can play basketball in the NBA. It's like, okay, like if anybody of any skill level attempts to 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 take Kevin Love off the dribble, they're going to get a layup every time, you know. And and he can't yeah. defend on the perimeter. He can't. You can't stick the guy anywhere. You know, you can't hide him. Yeah, but that's well. I mean, you could if you didn't switch everything. I mean, we will disagree on that. Yeah, you don't, you don't switch everything. You you can't hide him. But they're guaranteed like losses. Like if Blake Griffin is on the floor, that's bad for your basketball team. If Russell Westbrook is on the floor right now, it's bad for your basketball team for different reasons. You know, yeah. um, if Kevin Love is on your floor, it's bad for your basketball team. You know, point blank. Like it just. Yeah, I I, th- I think you could coach around Kevin Love. I, I think that. 
I think the problem is his contract, and I think they just don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, this is a Dan Gilbert-ran organization, and, you know, outside of LeBron James being, you know, born in Akron, they, they, they're they just a terrible organization. Uh, what, what, are the, mean, what are the odds that Dan Gilbert ends up testifying at the impeachment trial? <laughs> Um, we, we don't have very much time, but I would like to shout out the East for having only four teams that are in the, like the, the, the kind of the, the, the dumpster fire, like the magic for reasons, not even like, I'm happy with the job that Clifford's done, uh, in Orlando. They've just got completely banged up when they lost Markel Fultz. It was over for them. And they're still out there fighting. They, they, they had the, the warriors on their heels and then they beat the crap out of the Kings last night. And, uh, yeah, um, but um, only four teams in the East that are um, in the dumpster fire realm. So congratulations to the East. That's lower than know. normal. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I think the Hawks are a dumpster fire, too. They, they, they deserve their own episode. There's a lot of yeah, in, yeah. interesting stuff going on. When, and when DeAndre Hunter went down, their defense went to the bottom of the league, um, which you should go check out a wager pass because I highlighted that and I made a play on – Whatever team is playing them tonight, I can't remember. It was too late last night. Indiana. Made a play in Indiana. If you made it to the end of this podcast, you got a free play from the wager pass. Uh, in the West, just real quick, the Wolves. I know we're going to spend a little bit more time on this, but we're, we're up against it. Uh, can they be better than Dumpster Fire? No. No. Uh, I think, you know, I think... You know, this year's. I mean, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns had a, you know, awful um, off season, and uh, he's been injured this year. But I mean, the writing on the wall with him, as far as being a number one guy, was pretty apparent the last, you know, two two seasons. And so, but they've went all in, and you know, done things to tease him further, like bringing in D'Angelo Russell who is, you know, sporadic at best and just not a, a guy that, you know, brings any sort of intangibles or leadership qualities. So now you're in this situation where you have a a head coach that's pretty out of his depth and, mm. you know, just... Uh, that's tough to say. Huh? It's tough to say because it's, it's clearly a nepotism kind of a situation there. Yeah. And... I mean... And I like the job he did late last year, but I don't. I don't see what he's doing this year as being, you know, effective. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see what he did to get the job in the first place. I guess is, is the main thing. I mean, so when when you know, there's there's, it's not like a, you know, when you're the best coach in the history of the organization is your dad, and you have like long term relationships with everyone. You know. It, it, it was a good story. It, you know, the owner is on his way out. Is you know, yeah. It, and and so you know, not a shock <laughs> that they're you know this is like owners on the way out are are actually their own show. Like I think you know, and I watched that up close in Sacramento with the Maloofs. Like owners on their way out don't care, and they do some hilarious stuff. Like the contracts they they tell their general managers they gotta get. <laughs> Like uh, there, there, there's a lot of material there. Um, <clears throat> they, 
I just think it's interesting when D'Angelo, he, he's kind of like Russell Westbrook. I think they play better without him. I don't think the numbers support that in totality, but you got this kid in Anthony Edwards who's like, you know, he needs those ISO touches that, that D'Angelo Russell is getting. <clears throat> like, and, and with Russell out, he has more room to breathe, you know, so he's getting 20-point games, and he's able to, you know, if, if you're one move, in, in the one move you're allowed to make, you know, that's that's just a little bit risky. You know, if that's the only time you get to do that during the game, it kind of messes with your head, you know, like whatever kind of challenge shot that you want to take. But if you can get three or four of those while also getting, you know, shots within the flow of the offense, then you can look, you can explore a little bit. You know, when, when players can't explore because there's a guy that's just like hell-bent D'Angelo Russell on doing his thing his way, and getting his like it's really hard and then when they brought in rubio i thought that was the the offset there but in reality what you ended up with is a bunch of guys who handle the rock and not enough players that fill in the gaps and uh you know carl anthony towns back you know the people had high hopes for that team and they're six and 20 right now I, the question I'll pose to you, and I, you already answered it, is like, are they going to be a dumpster fire? I kind of feel like if they didn't have D'Angelo Russell, they would go on a run. Well, that's the thing. I mean, when, when you have, when your best player is, you know, like really underachieving and really is choosing to disregard like the defensive side of the, the court and you decide like, well, we got to make him happy. Let's get a guy who's been a complete cancer in the locker room, who's inconsistent, who could only play one way. Let's bring him in because that's going to make our underachieving superstar happy. I mean, you're just you're probably on a course to not being very good. It, and and it's the, just my take on it. Well, and the, <laughs> and well there's one interesting wrinkle here. I mean, Cat's been through so much personally over the last however long, you know, with right. COVID. A, it's not. It would be fine to expect him to be worthless this year, you know, like with everything no. that he's gone through. But I almost wonder, like, because it's an, it, to me, it's a, to bring your friend in to like angle for that. Like, I want D'Angelo Russell to come and play. Like, Cat seems like a smart dude, but like, th- there's there's like a huge disconnect there. Like, you must not understand basketball if you think that's a good <laughs> idea. I'm mean, being yeah. dead serious right now. Like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, there, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a reason why, you know, there was a stretch of time while LeBron was, you know, still the GM of the Cavs <laughs> that, you know, he didn't bring in Carmelo. You know, that, that was, if he had wanted Carmelo, Carmelo would have been there. Like, Carmelo now, the last two years, sure, I think LeBron would be all for playing with this guy. But, you know, the, the Carmelo of the time wasn't really going to be a good idea. So, it's it's funny that you know that everyone wants to be a brand and be a part of the organization and this and that but my my point is that you know to this point cat hadn't earned the that right, right. To, yeah just to go in and say i think we should do this that and the other it's like dude you didn't run back on defense for 30% of the possessions we talking about you you think this is going to help well, and the, 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 the second half of what I was thinking there is I wonder, like, people go through life experiences that are big, right? Like, they sometimes mature, you know, yeah. through that process. And I wonder if that was uh, a moment for him. 
and if he comes well, through on this other side and and well, has a more effective basketball mind, you know, by getting rid of some of that, you know, dumb stuff. But I don't know. And that's it. And that's the hope. It, maybe he will. Maybe he'll, you know, after he, you know, gets himself in a better place, maybe he's going to turn the corner and play phenomenal basketball. But the problem is you still have D'Angelo Russell there. You know, like even if <laughs> even if he played now that now that they've made that decision, even if he turns it on and becomes the cat that he can be. Now you've got this dead weight of D'Angelo Russell as an albatross on your team. Chucking up. He's, he's, the, he's the exact kind of guy that Cat can go like 10 possessions in a row, score on eight of them, and D'Angelo Russell will look at him and start chucking up threes. I mean, that, that's, that's exactly who they brought in. So, you know, I hope for Cat's sake that, you know, and, and what, he, what he's gone through has been just, you know, complete, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And, you know, he's a good kid and he's smart and I, and I think he's going to come out better. But, you know, the, the, the reality is D'Angelo Russell is not a, a piece of a winning formula. You know, I mean, so, and, and, and them's the facts. Them's the facts. Them's the facts. All right. That music means that we have got to go. And that music by that music, I mean, I think my wife's going to kill me. Like, if I don't survive, you guys, on this show, this is the last that you've heard of me. That I don't think she's going to – I don't think I'm going to make it because I have to take care of Skylar. She has to go plan a COVID baby shower. Ooh. Not for her. For her sister. Yes. So, yeah, that's what's going on over here. If I don't see you guys again, it was very nice knowing you. Um, cause we got to keep doing this. We, we got to keep it going. Um did you have any thoughts you would like to impart upon the listeners before uh, before I do the 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 uh, illustrious sign out? Think thinking is overrated. I'm doing as little of that as possible. So please sign us out. <laughs> I would like to do that without thinking. Uh, follow us online, twitter.com slash KOZANDBRU show. We are about a thousand days without a tweet. Congratulations to us. And on Facebook.com, Onion Post Galore, Facebook.com slash show. Oh, and uh, prayers out to the family of Chris Wessling, a uh, great fantasy writer from Roto World. Went on to do great things at NFL.com, um, passed due to a long fight with cancer. And uh, thank you, Chris, for everything you did for my career. And... Uh, prayers out to the family tough loss for everybody in the roto world family um another one's in the books folks talk to you guys soon peace peace